you know, of course, with the phone, I've played with a knife. I've played with a shoe, a book. I've played with my laptop. Um, I've tried to play with a fork. The fork didn't work out so well. I tried a spoon. Spoon didn't work out so well. Um, spoon was a lot easier than a fork. Um, I try to play with anything. It doesn't matter. A, a hard drive, you know, anything I can you, play with. You really don't like your, uh, your electronics. <laughs> what, would you say, what would you say the most challenging out of all the things you've tried to play with was like, oh my God, I, the, I give up trying. The fork, the fork. Playing, playing ping pong with a fork is the most stupidest thing that you can do. And, and, and not only not only is it stupid, the reason I played with a fork was because... Hi, shit talkers. Welcome to Talk Show with P. And I am your host, Paula, the shit talker. I mean, don't we all like talking shit anyways? <laughs> are you a creator? If so, you are in the right space. Talk Show with P is a place where we showcase and celebrate the talents, works, and stories of creative minds from all walks of life while also raising awareness for mental health through providing a supportive space to share their stories, insights, and experiences. We will be discussing creative journeys, the high, lows, and the ways we manage our mental health through it all. Join us each week for inspiring conversations, useful resources, and a community of like-minded creators as we dive into the minds of creative beings to explore their journeys, struggles, and triumphs. So whether you're a seasonal creative or just starting out, Talk Show with Peace, the podcast for you. Shit Talkers, welcome back to Talk Shit with P. I have the incredible, incredible Wally Green with me today. So I'm going to share something. So I literally did not know about Wally before, but also um, the sports he plays. Uh, I don't want to share it right now, but what, what he counters in is something I'm not mostly involved in. So I didn't know about him, but shout out to Podfest where we got to meet him. And literally, I remember the first time I saw him, apart from Wolverhub, Wally was literally all over Wolverhub. So I had seen his name on Wolverhub. But um, this day, I believe it was on a Thursday the, before the first day. And um, everybody was sitting around the table um, the meeting tables, the restaurant area near the, before the, the hall and the room. And the, the group just kept on growing bigger. And w there was this black kid, you know, well, he's not that tall or anything like it. He's a little bit tiny. So there was this black kid in the middle and summoning these people and talking. And I was like, what's going there? So I was looking at the woman, I couldn't find the meeting. And I saw some of my friends there and I went and I was like, what's going on over here? And they're like, oh, that's Wally Green. I'm like, who is Wally Green? I was like, oh, the TikTok kid. And I was like, wait, what? So they gave me a brief and I couldn't catch your discussion, but it really was an attention seeker. Like literally everybody was stopping. And I heard about his story and I was like, oh my God, I saw he was supposed to actually come for the uh, Women of Colors and uh, Asian meetup. But he didn't show up. Well, he came, he came, he came, he came by the time of the photography. But we also understand when you're at Podfest, time can just go by. You get to be around so many things, and you're like, "Oh my God, I miss this. I miss this." So I was excited. You know what happened? What what actually happened <laughs> was that the reason why I didn't make that particular meeting 
was because I had to get the table. And there was only one time frame to get the ping pong table to put it at Podfest. So that's oh, yeah. why. Yes, I, remember, I, 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 I remember Lee did tell us um, something very important didn't come, did come up. But he still, even as soon as he got back, he literally rushed to the room. He found us, he found us as we were going out. So he joined the picture. So I missed my my shout at um, talking to him. But then I became his savior because the one time he needed an Advil. Who had it? Of course, yep, me. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yes, and yes. I was like, oh, my God, I will give it to you as long as I get a selfie. So we got a selfie together. <laughs> you know, I, I, I suffer from migraines. So I always, always, always have adverse and the strongest I can. So I hope that did help you. Yes, yes, it did. It did. Big time. So hi, Wally. Welcome to Talk Share with me. <laughs> how are you? How are you? Great to be here. I'm good. So, um, Wally, you are known as the ping pong, king of ping pong. How did your ping pong journey? Actually, before I get to that, you did something incredible at Podfest. You played ping pong with your iPhone. Was that the first time you actually achieved that or you have, you, you have done it before? No, no, no. That's something that I do all the time. So let's jump into that. How did you, how did you, before we get into your journey of how you got into ping pong, how did you start playing ping pong with your phone? Like what was like, let me just hit the balls with my iPhone. Yeah, yeah. So, so the reason why uh, I play ping pong with my iPhone um, is because uh, many years ago, I was doing some um, exhibitions for the Tennis Channel Open in Las Vegas. So that's the big uh, pro competition for all the tennis players, all the pros. And um, I would do some ping pong exhibitions. And one year, the person I was supposed to play with didn't show up. So I didn't have anyone to do an exhibition with. And I had, you know, hundreds of kids to that I was supposed to do something with. And I didn't know what to do. So I had a little Samsung phone about that big. And I said, you know what? Let me see if I can play with this phone. So I took the Samsung phone out and I started playing um against these kids, these, these tennis kids. And the kids were like, whoa, this is crazy. And I was able to play with it. And that was the first time that I started playing with my cell phone. And, and, and from there, like people loved it. So that's why I play with it now. I know you were showing off. Like I was like, you know what? I didn't even want to come on the table, but after I saw how people were having so much fun, you know, when, when you're watching the videos later, I was like, I should have just gone and allowed myself to be a fool and had fun. Cause People were getting excited and some people even won. Like they were, they never thought they would be able to, especially shout out to Angela and Katie. I saw they are real and they were dancing. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 that, that was, was my favorite. <laughs> that was funny. So, have you ever played with something else apart from your iPhone? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I play, I play with a bunch of things. Like I've played, you know, of course with the phone, I've played with a knife. I've played with a shoe. A book. I've played with my laptop. Um, I've tried to play with a fork. The fork didn't work out so well. I tried a spoon. Spoon didn't work out so well. Um, spoon was a lot easier than a fork. Um, I try to play with anything. It doesn't matter. A, a hard drive, you know, anything I can you, play with. You really don't like your uh, your electronics, because <laughs> <It's laughs> what would you? Say? 
what would you say the most challenging out of all the things you've tried to play with was like oh my god i the, i give up trying the fork the fork playing playing ping pong with a fork is the most stupidest thing that you could do and, and and not only not only is it stupid the reason i played with a fork was because um i was playing in this park and, and this vietnamese girl came and she swore she was good at ping pong you know she was really cocky and I beat her with my cell phone. And then one of my stupid friends was like, yo, man, he's so good. He could beat you with a fork. <laughs> and then she was like, and then she got tight. Like, she was tight because I beat her with the cell phone. Like, was saying, you know what she was saying? She was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I come to America and lose to a guy with a cell phone. How can I go back to my country and tell my family I lost? So I was like, what? It's not that serious. We're just playing in a park. Right, and so then my stupid friend goes, oh, "Don't worry about it. He's he can beat you with a fork." She was like, "Okay, beat me with a fork." And I was like, "Yo, I can't beat him." No, 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 no. You have to play me with a fork. And I said, "I can't beat you with a fork, bro." No, no, you have to play me with a fork. You have to play me with a fork. So I got a fork and I played her, and I had no chance. It was the dumbest thing ever, bro. And she was like, she was happy. Of course, because she finally won. She can yeah, say exactly. I went off. You know, some people take competition way too way serious. Too. Like, you know, like I, I'm gonna die if you if I don't win the last one. That's exactly but, what it was. It was crazy. But shout out to your homeboy. Your homeboy literally was like, I believe in my man. Like yeah. <laughs> God. We, we 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 all need a, 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 a person like that to be Yeah, right? That just threw me under the bus, bro. He's like, yeah, play it for. I mean, I mean, listen, if you would have been able to achieve that, wouldn't you have been like, oh, my God, thank you, homie, for putting me on this, because now look what I can achieve that I didn't think I could. Let me tell you, if I would have beat her with a fork, I would have been talking trash for a year. <laughs> I would have, that, it would have been all over the Internet. If I beat someone with a fork, oh, man, forget it. I said, I, I would have heard about you by the time yeah. person, I would have, that yeah. guy who, who, be, who played ping pong with a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so th that's your next challenge, Wally. You got to train because once you get that on the lock, do you know we're getting on Oprah and all this shit? Yes, yeah, like like we're go. riding the wave and I'm going to be like, listen, I was, I was his homegirl. I was the one who taught him to practice on this shit. So <laughs> <laughs> I know, I, We can we can do we can do competitions and let's see who can play with a fork. That would be okay. fun, you know. Okay, that would okay. be fun. You know, um, right. someone challenged me at Podfest to play them blindfold, and that was I another that was another stupid thing. That freaking yo, it, I had no chance. <laughs> I you know what I you know I thought I actually could beat uh, the lady blindfolded because all she, I knew she wouldn't be able to return my serve. But the thing was, I couldn't get the serve on the table. I kept serving it under the table or hitting the table. So, yeah, that was another um, thing that was no chance. Blindfold, doesn't, I, yeah, doesn't work. But you see, you have these stories now. <clears throat> so I like the fact that you're always willing to take the challenge, even, yeah, even yeah. though you know, like, yeah, I'm going to succeed with this. But I feel like most of us in life, we fear taking the challenge, even though 
whether we know we are failing or not, sometimes right. it could always go the other way, but we are always concerning about failing that we don't take that chance. And sometimes yeah. you do succeed. And even if you fail, you have learned something, you have a great story, a great memory, a great lesson, something out of it. You know what's funny? Um, um, I don't I don't believe actually in the word fail. I I I, I don't fail at anything. I, I never fail. Never. I never ever 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 fail. And I'll tell you why I never fail. Failing is when you failed and you didn't take anything away from it. Then that's failing. That that's failing. But if you don't succeed at something, but you take something from it and you learn something, and then you can say, you know, you can look back, oh, what could I have done differently? What could I have changed? And you figure that out. That's actually winning. So I have a term that I like to use. It's called losing, but winning anyway, right? How do we lose, but win anyway? And that's the way we do it. We lose, but win anyway. Yeah, we didn't succeed right here, but I went back. I thought about it. What can I do differently, right? And that piece of information that I learned about what could I do differently to improve, that's winning. Right there's winning, right? So yeah, I didn't succeed, but I got uh, valuable information from it. So I lost, but I won anyway. So yeah, I don't believe in failure. And that's very true. Um, that's how I feel of it in my other life. Like my friends would say, you're a serial podcast guest. My friends would say, Paula is a serial data. Like, I love being in a relationship. So like, I don't dwell on it. Like if a relationship ends, I will heal. And then I'll move on. I'm not the person who'll be like, fuck love, that didn't work. No, like, <laughs> I hate people like that. Like, that's why uh, when I see people moving on, I'm like, of course, she's supposed to move on. If she found somebody else, that's what you do when you leave a situation. So right, I'm right. I, I'm that, and then my friends would come to me, and when I'm in love, like I'm the I'm the stupid, there's mushy in love person who right. will post and do all that. I'm such a romantic mess. So right, right. Uh, my my friends would always come to me, and they'll be like, as soon as you get in a relationship and you feel like love is blossoming, you start posting and shit. But you know you're gonna get an L when it when it ends and it doesn't work out. That's a that's a L. You know how people give the card the L card. Yeah, right, 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 and right. I'm like, actually, I don't think about it that way because every relationship I've been in, I've learned something either about myself, either about what I want for my right, next right. one, or what right, I right, don't. Right. But every person who has been in my life, I have learned. And you only feel. Uh, uh, a loser or the L if you actually walked out of that relationship with nothing. Nothing exactly. about yourself, nothing. Right. But right. I don't walk out with nothing. I walk out with a lot. And that's why most of my exes are still my my friends. We are not besties or anything, but they are part of my life because it wasn't a loss. It was something great. Right. Some of them taught me different levels of, and I've grown, I've learned. And now I know what to take and what not to take in my next life. But people don't get that part. They just feel right. like if it goes down, that's it. And, and and that's exactly what lose but win anyways mean. It's exact exactly what it means. Lose but win anyway. And sometimes you're meant to lose it, you know? But yeah. but people also don't want to talk about that. But 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 I, I'm gonna steal that. You see, I wrote it lose, and I'm gonna be quoting you lose but win anyways, because because that's so true. You only lose, you really didn't take anything out of that. And clearly right. then you really needed to get out of that because if you're not getting anything out of 
situation. Even when you start a business and it, it fails, you're gonna most people who have started a business and failed, they, they've stopped, they start something else because they've either learned of what they did wrong or how to go about it in their next in their next perspective so you're constantly learning as you keep going and you're eventually gonna kick ass at it right so right, 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 right. now that we have covered that how did your journey with ping pong come about why ping pong um so i actually hated ping pong like you know i i, I hated this sport um they had it in my high school and um i used to make fun of the kids playing ping pong <laughs> Uh, you know, I was on a football team, on a basketball team, volleyball, wrestling. And, you know, during football season, when we'd, we would cut through the lunchroom to get to the uh, field, I would see some kids playing ping pong. And uh, I would look at them and say, oh, my God, look at those kids with short shorts and a stick. I used to make fun of these kids. Like You bullied the, bully the ping pong kids and now you're a ping pong kid. kid. Yeah. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully any of the ping pong kids watching, I'm very sorry. I did not know what I was doing back then. Don't come get on me now. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did bully the ping pong kids, <laughs> and now I'm playing ping pong. See that? They, they say you always become what you hate most. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. That's exactly. That's exactly what happened. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, this is all. Mm -hmm. So, so uh, the way I got into ping pong was that. Um, it was sort of a life intervention kind of thing, right? Uh, somebody told me about a club. I didn't believe them. I went to this club. Then someone um, saw me and they needed a partner, right? And um, they offered to pay me 20 bucks to hit with them. And so uh, be because of that, um, I was, well, actually, even before that, even before that, when I first went to this club, I couldn't believe like there was a club that um, people, actually gathered and played ping pong. I was like, there's no way there's a place that exists like this. And um, when I went to this club, um, because I was an athlete, I had to see, you know, what was it about? I saw uh, people that looked like me playing. And I was like, wait a minute, hold on, black people play this? There's no way black people play it. It, it, it was like being in a different world, just seeing people like me playing ping pong and going at it like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, let's go. Make it. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And um, for me, I always thought only Asians played ping pong. That's what I believed, that, only, that black people don't play ping pong. I grew up in a project. No black people play ping pong. And uh, seeing that was um, what got me interested to even stay and, and, and want to actually try and play the sport. So that was the first uh, thing that got me interested. The diverse thing your fellow black Because I'm not going to lie. Um, well... I know every sport, it took me a while because I uh, am originally from Tanzania in East Africa, but um, I've traveled around, I move around a lot. So once I started living that life of moving around, that's when you realize, okay, there's way more to, to black yeah. people than what we assume. Because when we are just sheltered in our own space with that, with what our family tells us, with what the neighbors tell us, because nobody's trying to push you that, oh, there's a better life, or oh, you can actually be a ping pong player, or oh, everything that's in the black culture is athletics or sports is either football or soccer or basketball. Right. Everything else is not sports, you know, not 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 an athletic 
thing, it doesn't necessarily consider that. But then when my brother started playing pool, as in pool table, and he started yeah. competing, and my dad paying attention and helping him, getting him his pool table and his own place. I was like, you know, sports is way more than that stuff we, we know about. But then when um, I also, again, I don't pay attention. The only sport I actually watch is basketball and soccer. Not even American football. I do not understand any of that. But right. soccer, yes. I'm a soccer girl, Red Devils, Man United, baby. But, um, so I did not pay attention to any of the other sports, tennis, whatever. So it's not like I, I knew that there were specific black people playing ping pong. No. But when I saw you in there and I asked about, who's that black kid in the middle summoning? And, and most people around you were white people. Like, but yeah. I love, not saying that we don't have black people. No, uh, podcast has a diverse of black and white. Right. But it's just that at that time, because TikTok is really taken over mostly by white people compared. Like black people, we are doing it right now and I, I've seen a lot of them. But when it started, it was a lot more white people. So they right. have more in that world way before us. We stuck with Instagram and Twitter than TikTok. Yeah. So to see that and to be like, oh, that, that kid is from TikTok and is a ping pong. I was like, oh my God. Like, I, I was like, I don't care anything else. A black right there preaching on ping pong is out that, that excited me that was amazing to see not saying that they're not out there but to literally see it right, that was right. a beautiful moment for me so i kind of get that but when you grow up in certain areas especially when you're not encouraged to go to go to other activities other than the activities that are known it's kind of how did your family take that when you decided to be like, I want to play ping pong professionally? Oh man. So, um, when, 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 um, when I, at the, by the time I decided to play ping pong, I had literally cut my entire family off. So actually most of my family don't know about my accomplishments. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, I, I just got, I just cut the, everyone in my family off. So, they they don't know uh they might know of you know little tiny stuff or maybe what they've seen on the tv or 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 in an article uh but uh personally uh they 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 don't really know like my dad died before i started even playing uh my mom i i didn't talk to for a while a long time and then she passed away recently uh so yeah so so um they don't know i i guess there are some family members that may know, um, but I don't talk to them, so I don't know what they know. Yeah, so that's so when you when you say um first of all, um uh, I'm sorry about your parents. Um, yeah. um when your mother passed away, did you guys at least reconcile before she passed away? No, 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 no. I so so I had a um a issue um many years ago where um I had got sent so I got sent away uh, for two years. I went to Africa uh, for boarding school because so originally what happened was is I got caught with a loaded weapon in school. So when I was younger, um, you know, I was in gangs at a young age and my mom, my, my, my mom married a narcissistic, abusive uh, individual who was completely um, illiterate but he was a master carpenter. So that's how he got by. So he used to beat up my mom all the time. Uh, he used to beat me up all the time. And he systematically 
uh, tried to break us down mentally, right? By by saying like you know the things I heard every day um, at at home were things like um, you're useless, you're worthless, you'll be dead or in jail, uh, you'll never be successful, you're a complete failure, you know. And these were systematically said, right? He didn't say it in a way where um, out of anger, he said it in a way uh, that it was uh, 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 calculated. So maybe I would come home from school and he would say, how was your day? And the reason he was asking, how was I day? That way he could say, it doesn't matter how your day was because you're going to- He just wanted to give you that. Right, right. And 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 uh, so there was a situation where when I came, I got sent, so I got sent away for two years. I was supposed to get, they were trying to give me 10 years in jail, right? And um, as a juvenile, and um, I always had good grades because I always had kids around me that were doing the work, um, helping me out. And so I always had good grades. And they used that, my mom used that with a lawyer to get me out of that 10 years. And they said they would send me two years to boarding school to Africa. So I went to Africa for two years and I did a lot of fighting in Africa. Right, so I, oh yeah, because yeah. we in Africa, we there's no rules there. Like, yeah. I, oh wait, where, where in Africa did you go? I went to Nigeria for two years. Uh huh. Yeah, because I because I tell people in Africa we we don't have um like literally when we left Africa to now start moving abroad and where yeah. my mom sent me out to go buy uh, a drink for her. And I'm coming back like, mom, they said I need an idea. I need to be this age. Why in Africa, literally, you can send a two-year-old, three-year-old to go to the shop and buy you cigarettes and beer. Oh, shit. We don't have, well, I don't know about Nigeria, but most Africa, and I'm going to talk about Tanzania. We don't have, like, that's why we have a lot of um, drink driving cases because our traffics don't really give a fuck. And when yeah. they do, they just want you know, the money and they let you go. So right, right. we don't have any rules that can literally send you to jail unless really somebody who's in a higher position and can afford to send you to jail or like you have a really big case. So Africa is all about literally fending for yourself. So fighting yeah. and getting in trouble and. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And then, and then, you know, I came, I came back and I was a different person because I did a lot of fighting there. I joined. Uh, some organization called Man of War, which is like being in the, like the army. It was crazy. So I was much stronger. And then uh, one day my stepfather was um, choking my mom um, and they, they were fighting and he was choking her. Um, and um, I looked over and then my stepfather said, you know, if you look over here again, you're going to get the same thing. And I just exploded. I went outside, went and got a gun, came back, put the gun to myself. I was going to, I was going to shoot my stepfather. And, uh, my mom got on the phone, called the police, and said, you guys need to hurry. My son's trying to kill my husband. Not, not that my son is... He's saving uh, is, me. He's saving me, or not that my son is uh, trying to protect me, or I'm getting choked. It was me, I'm getting... Right. Yeah. Right. So it was my son trying to kill my husband. And I just started... You know, It was like the ultimate betrayal. For 16 years, I want to protect my mom. You know, my mom getting beat up every single day, bloodied, and I want to protect her. And now I can protect my mom, right? And 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 my mom just turned against me. And so I actually put the gun to my mom's face. I was going to shoot both of them. And, um, you know, and something came to me. You know, you can say divine intervention, God, whatever people believe in, came to me and said, hey, if you do this, every single thing your stepfather said about you is going to happen today, 
right? And I hated my stepfather so much that I could never let anything that he said become true. You didn't want to prove him right. Right. Yes, he's proving him right. Exactly. And so, you know, I, I, I chose to walk away. And when I walked away, you know, I, I lived in the street and I was homeless for a year. I, I stayed in the street, you know, hanging out with my gang, just doing all kinds of, of crazy stuff. And um, yeah, and, and, and I kind of never really forgave her for that. But then I tried to during the years, like many years later to connect. But the thing problem was, is that she never tried to acknowledge it. And because of that, that made me even more violent inside. And so then I say, you know what? I just got to cut everybody off. I think at the end of the day, like the most important thing is your mental health, right? It, like, like people feel, people have this need or this urge to feel like, oh, because it's my sister, because it's my mom, because it's my dad, I have to deal with this shit. And, and meanwhile, you're the one that's mentally suffering, right? And I don't believe that. I'm, I'm like, listen, if I'm starting to feel the way I felt back then, and I'm starting to feel violent, then I need to remove myself from this situation. And that's what I did. I just cut, I, I literally cut everybody off. Like I cut, you know, I cut my mom off. My mom has five brothers, right? And I cut my uncles off too. And I had a relationship with them. But the thing that I could never understand is how is it possible that you have five brothers and my stepfather has never been beaten up one time? Like my stepfather used to beat up my mom all the time. How is it possible that five brothers, if I have a sister and some dude beats up my sister, I'm going to your house and I'm going to wait in front of your house and I'm going to wait for you, right? There's no way that you can escape this. So I don't understand how it's possible that my mom was getting beat up all the time and five brothers, five brothers, mind you, who were in the military, who received things like Purple Hearts, blah, 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 all this stuff in the military, right? And nothing ever happened to my stepfather, ever. But let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Just like how when you tried to protect her, she called the police on you. Do you think that she was making excuses for, your, for the husband to the brother? Yes, listen, I am 100% sure that's what she was doing. But at the end of the day, it's your sister. When you see her with a black eye, you know what happened. When you see her wearing dark glasses, you know what happened. When you don't hear from her a couple of days, you know what happened. So as 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 family members, as brothers. They right? should have attacked him in the alley and kicked that. Yeah. No Especially when you have five brothers. I would understand if it's one of you, you're kind of like, you know. Yeah, so, five. Yeah. So. So after that, man, so after that, I just cut everybody off, bro. I was like, I can't deal with this family, man. It, it's 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 bad for my mental health. It's toxic as hell. And 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 I don't have nothing to do with it. So I just kind of like cut everyone off. And, um, you know, my mom passed away uh, like about maybe six months ago. And I kind of didn't have any feeling about it. Like I, I didn't... I, I'm like, okay, uh, yeah, all right, whatever. And 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 the thing was, is like my mom was living with my stepbrother, who I had some contact with like once in a while. And um when he passed when she passed away, my stepbrother's wife had to deal with this and she didn't know the other family members. So she contacted me and I didn't I, I you know I didn't know what to say because I don't really know her. 
Like it's just a, such a it, everything is just so toxic. And so you know, like for me, I just want to remove myself from those kind of toxic things, right? Like sometimes I like to be in some toxic conversations, right? Because that makes me excited, and I mean, yeah, let's talk. But I mean, I yeah, but being in the mix but of it, no, talking about time, it, yeah, <laughs> it's a different story. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So, um, I never got closure. Um, she passed away, and that was it. And yeah, and I'm just normal. I'm like, you know, I'm, and I'm, the I'm thing good. is, um, I feel like the reason why you're good is because you came to terms with it a long time ago. Because, um, yeah. um, when, when somebody's dealing with a narcissist, I've dealt with one, and um, I know how much they can confuse, especially a woman who's in love with them, how much they can confuse and make you do shit. So, um, but at some point, and that, that has to come when you are willing to personally take accountability and work and heal from that. And until you can, you can change it. You constantly be making excuses. And so I feel like your mom didn't take that steps. That's why she didn't even apologize or understand where she did wrong. And also for right. most of us, um, I don't know mostly about black American families, but African families, our parents never apologize for shit. Sometimes we have to work, work through our traumas ourselves without their apology ever. So I come from a family where my mom and dad literally raised us, not African way, the American way. Like literally my dad is my best friend. But then right. when it comes to my mom, my mom was my brother's favorite. So him and her, they had their own relationship. And me and her hated each other. Maybe hated is a strong word, but there was no love. And I literally look exactly like my mom. At one time I was like, if I didn't look so much like you, I would have asked if I was adopted because this can't be a mother-daughter relationship that everybody right, right. talks about. But, and every time, like we are trying these days to build a relationship, but when I bring up the old days, like why the reason I turned out to have certain strong feelings to her, she don't want to hear it. She don't want right. to acknowledge it. She, don't, she just feels like we can just skip over that and just build. But I'm like, but anytime I'm mad, I still, I still, yes, I know I've walked through that issue and I'm okay, but I still want to hear why. Exactly. You, yep. But they don't, they don't, they, I, I've given up because at the end of the day, I was like, you know what, Paula, for your mental health, don't even keep pushing. So when we're good, we're good. When we're not, we're not. I take it. I can go a month, two months without talking to my dad, but without talking to my mom. But if I don't talk to my dad for literally two, three days, his text like, yo, you good? What's wrong? <laughs> like, literally. <laughs> so I get that part. And also, I'm a fan believer. After 2020, I used to be such a people pleaser who I needed people around to be happy and content. Right. But then I also traveled around alone a lot. So I, I'm also okay with being alone. I'm good with making friends. Like, I'm very comfortable in any places I have. I don't have any place where I'll feel uncomfortable. I actually like feeling uncomfortable. That way I can get out of my shell. Right, know right. that I have a shell. But um, after 2020, the depression hit very different because, you know, um, when you deal with mental health, especially with depression or anxiety or any of that, in normal times, you have your friends, you have people, you have some way of support. But during 2020, everybody, the entire world was going through their own shit. It wasn't right. like you are the only person who's going through shit. So that fear of if I call this person, I'm putting my own shit on them while they're also dealing with that shit. 
and especially people who either had kids, because most of my friends my age, they either have kids, they have husbands, they have all these other lives. So that's double pressure for them compared to me who's just worrying about little or me. So okay. I learned how to, to, to develop in my own way. But I also learned how to cultivate who's in my corner. And I remember I told people, listen, I literally went on my Instagram and started unfollowing people who were not healthy for my mental health. Like waking up, because I deal with podcasting. When I used to just be a non-podcaster, I could deactivate my account and go off social media for six months and nobody would give a fuck. But when you have a, a, a podcast, you literally can't escape social media. Right, That's right, where right, you right, have right, to be. Right. And, unless you, you can afford to hire social media marketers and they deal with that. So I am not there yet. I deal with all my social media posts, so I can't just run away. But I realize that I need to be able, when I wake up and look at my social media from one, it's just good vibes, good energy, positivity. Because I already, so I started unfollowing everybody who I'm constantly, either they're annoying me with their shit because they're always complaining, or whether it's constantly, you, you can actually see when somebody is posting that fake life or that actual life. I want authenticity. Right. I want when I come to your page, I literally can relate to you and your lifestyle. If not, I'm going to unfollow. And if those one times I just want to get admiration from a life that I might have one day, I can, I can find you you know but i don't need to see you on my feet right, and i right. used to tell people somebody is not good for your mental health even if that person is me block me delete me stop talking to me do what's best for you and people have this notion that oh but she's my sister or my family no it doesn't matter because sometimes it's the family that drains you way more than anybody else yeah that's true. And you need to get away from that. And sometimes just separating so that they can get the idea. Because sometimes you have these conversations. And I literally just recorded an episode about um, boundaries. And people these days are learning to be boundaries. And families always have a hard time understanding boundaries. Yeah. So if you're not understanding my, my boundaries, I'm a distance myself. And if you start understanding distance, maybe you'll get what boundaries is and then we can come back. Right. But literally, I started um, following and, and, and taking myself out. I don't care if we've known each other since we were kindergarten. I don't care if you're my aunt. I don't even care if you're my dad. Sometimes I even tell my dad, I need a break from you, literally, because we get into our heads too much that we just need. So I understand that very much, and I wish people would do that more because the reason you get depressed or anxiety or half of the time is not worrying about yourself. It's you're worrying about all these other people who yep. probably they don't even give a fuck as much exactly. about. <laughs> exactly. 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 So, so I'm glad that you did that for you. And people underestimate the power of that because you start being, once you're in a peaceful state, a lot of shit starts going right for you. Yeah, exactly. Because you're, you're in peaceful. And, and I tell people, sometimes you're blocking your blessings because you don't want to get rid of those mental health blocks that yep. you need to get rid of. So can I ask you, um, I know you have competed or you have that. I, I don't know much about your ping pong journey. How many competitions have you done? And what is the biggest competition you've ever done so far? Uh, so I've, I've played I've played on the biggest stage. I, I, I've played Pro Tour for USA. So I've played 
I've played in every major country in the world, including North Korea at the highest level. Yeah, so. So, so if, um, my question was, what is your dream competition? Is there even a dream competition after you actually achieve it? <laughs> yeah, actually, actually, you know what? Actually, 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 there is a dream competition. I'll tell you what the dream competition is. Me versus Putin with my cell phone. So Putin has to play me with my cell phone. If I beat him with my cell phone, he has to stop all this nonsense. I'm telling you, it's that, it's that easy. Let's do it. Let's, you, let's you do it. You remember during COVID how they said Putin let out the lions or something on the streets to make sure people he's gonna come and play with the lions hand like yeah, you big yourself. <laughs> we, we we can do it, man. Let's do it. You know, Wally, for a second there I was disappointed. I was hoping you would say your your dream competition is actually better in parlor of talk show with you. Like you missed your cue. That was your cue. Let's what go, the let's fuck? go. Let's go. <laughs> Hey, we can make that work happen too. Let's go, let's go. Let's go. So Wally, you're from New York, born and raised? Yeah, born and raised in Brooklyn. How was your experience in Nigeria for a Brooklyn boy to, to go to Africa? Because Africa and America are two totally different worlds, literally. Oh. How Wi-Fi is so accessible. Oh yeah, you go to a place where you're with bundles and data and call. <laughs> And, and minutes. <laughs> it was it was hard for me um because um it's such a different culture it's 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 a very uh what's what's the word they use um i don't know if it's capital punishment no that's not the word i want to use it's um it's um just be careful i don't want nigerians to come look yeah, for you it's, 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 <laughs> You know, you get beat for everything. Let, let's just put it like that. If if you're in school and you put the wrong answer on the board, you get beat. If you don't want to get beat, your friends, the guys who you think your friends are, will hold you down. The teacher will beat you. So everything is beat. You, you come late from school, you get beat. You put the wrong answer, you get beat. You did bad on the test, you, you get beat. You don't greet properly. You, you know, the elders, properly, the elders like their proper greetings. <laughs> And you know, listen, when, when I, and, and every teacher, every teacher in the school had it out for me from the first day of school. So I'll tell you the I story. mean, you're American kid. They oh. have this notion of the American kids being, you know, they, they say if you want your child to turn from rigid to respectable, send them to Africa. Yeah. Because we teach you. I'll tell you something funny. The first day of school, uh, the host family brought me uh, to, to school and they were talking with uh, the staff and so I was outside and I had on normal clothes and this guy just came out of nowhere he just came out of nowhere really and started like yelling at me but I don't understand language so I don't know the hell he's talking about and the guy hit me in the head with a stick like literally hit me in the head with a stick and I was like what the fuck is going on so I freaking grabbed the guy and I start punching him and kicking him that was the principal of the school and so this story, this story got out that, yeah, this American kid tried to beat up the principal of the school. And, and, on his first day. First day. And uh, my life was hell in school following that. Like every teacher was after, it was just crazy, man. 
all this. They did not know, like, oh, it was a misunderstanding. They don't care about that. They're just yeah. like that kid, that American kid tried like to. And the fact that it's a principal, it's your elder, it's yeah, it was crazy. It it it, it just set me up for two years was just hell. Like seriously, like it it was it was crazy, man. It, it was it was just. But you know, one thing that I did learn from there though, um, that because I actually hated it, you know. But the thing that I did, my takeaway that I did learn was it taught me how to respect elders, people older than me. When I was young, I didn't have respect for nobody. So, oh, yeah. So, so Africa it, it, will teach you that. Yeah, it, it taught me to respect older people older than you, right? You know, people who are elder than so, so that was one of the good things um, that I came back with was respect for, you know, people older than me. So. Oh yeah. Um. Even here, like when when grandparents visit their kids, right? And they they now have, so they're visiting their grandkids, but their grandkids are born in America, and they're used to that American lifestyle where how you talk to your parents. But then these grandparents are coming from Africa, and they know they're looking like you better send these kids to Africa so they can get. <laughs> Cause, but yeah, that's one thing you get from Africa, like the elders will will demand and earn their respect yeah, yeah. <laughs> one way or the other. Yeah, How yeah. was the food? Because I know Nigerian food is extra spicy and very, yeah. very really, different. I don't really like spicy food. Um, so it was really hard for me to eat stuff. Um, but then there would there would there would there would be some kind of favorite stuff that I I, I did like, but eating was always was always kind of hard. I mean, it was it was a different life. Like I remember the first time they they said um, they asked me they they go um, where's your laundry, and I was like I have it, and they said well then you're gonna wash it. So what do you mean? And they said you're gonna wash. Can't water soap. And I said, what do you mean with my hand? You don't have a washing machine? And they were like, is this boy crazy? The washing machine. <laughs> They were like, washing machine, what do you... Washing machine like, is better... luxury. Yo, Families and... who have luxury. Yes. And, and they told me, and they was like, hey, listen, no one's going to wash your clothes for you. So if you don't start washing by your hand, then your clothes are going to be dirty. So I had to learn how to wash clothes by hand. That sucked, bro. I was like, what is this? Freaking washing. Who washes clothes with their hand? I'm washing clothes with my hand. They're like, washing machine. It's like, what are you, crazy? <laughs> I mean, um... It actually prepares you for a life that I know um, America has. Like I tell people, and anytime I hang out with Americans, especially these young kids who take everything for granted, mm -hmm. and I'm like, yo, the, the entire world doesn't have it as good as America. You got to really appreciate the shit you get. And oh, yeah. it takes you going to a different country, especially yeah. in Africa or somewhere, for you to come back to be like, oh, my God. Because even me, I love my country. I'm a big fan. But my friends keep on asking me, when are you coming home? And I, I haven't lived in my country since I was in high school. I've just been moving UK, Malaysia, Dubai, France, here. And I'm like, I don't think anytime soon because I'm so used, like the life I've lived throughout certain things I don't worry about. We're back home in my country. It's still an issue. And I'm like, I'm not ready for all that. Like, right, no. Right, right. <laughs> But um, it's a, it's nice that you kind of got to experience that. So you are also a North Korean diplomacy. How did that happen? Yeah, that's that. Uh, the North Korea story is really crazy. 
Um, because I, you know, at this point now, I I was a pro, you know, I I, I was pretty well known around the world. Um, and you know, I I I I got interviewed on Steve Harvey's show, right? Um, and then I was like, all right, what can I do this year? Uh, what can I do big? So, so I was looking at all the tournaments in the world, right? Japan. So I was going through tournaments. Japan. Yeah, I'm going to play in Japan. Yeah, I'll play in Korea. Yeah, I'll play in China. I'll play in Brazil. I'll play in Germany. I'll play in, in Sweden. I'll play in this. And then I saw Pyongyang. Oh, I said, wait, wait, wait. Pyongyang. Wait a minute. Pyongyang is North Korea. And I was like, no way. There's a competition in North Korea. I was like, this is crazy. So I looked and it was, yeah, Pyongyang, North Korea. And then immediately I thought about uh, a very important American history. In 1971, uh, America established relations with China through ping pong. It's called the ping pong diplomacy. So if you ever see Forrest Gump, they talk about this diplomacy. So I was like, oh my God, I want to create my own history. I want to make my own history and go to North Korea and do a diplomacy for world peace through my sport. So I contact the U.S. team because all the pro competitions for um, ping pong players, you can't enter yourself. Your association of your country has to enter you. So oh. I, yeah, yeah. You, you can't just go. You have to call the association and they have to enter you. So I call the association and says, hey, I want to go to North Korea. And they were like, uh, that's not a good idea. <laughs> and I said, listen, I'm not asking. I want to go to North Korea. Just you guys sign me up. make it happen. Yeah, I'll you sign me up and I'll do everything else. So they signed me up and um I was contacted by the Secretary General and uh welcoming me to North Korea. They said you gotta go to Beijing to get your visa, blah blah blah. So you know, I I I I got I went and got the visa, but I had no so the thing is I had no plan, right? I wanted to do this big diplomacy for world peace, but I didn't have a plan, right? And I'm going to the most dangerous country in the world, North, North Korea. And, you know, I asked, listen, I asked every single person in the world that I knew to go with me. I, I, I know. And I said, hey, I want to go do to North Korea. We're going to North Korea. I'm going to go do this diplomacy for world peace through sport. And the people I'm asking, they're pros in the, for, for their country. No, they're like, no, no way. We're not going to North Korea. <laughs> they, they said, you're crazy. You're going to. They're going to kill you there. You're going to die. You're not going to come back. And I'm like, come on, guys. Let's just do it. I mean, this will be historical, right? And people are like, no, no way. So I said, okay, you know what? If you guys don't want to go, I'll go by myself. And like I said, I had no plan. I had no plan. How, how do you plan to go to this dangerous country and do diplomacy for world peace? Like, who? who you were just who like, I'm ready to make history. I'm ready yeah. to... Exactly. To do something magnificent, and if this is exactly. it, we're gonna figure it out as we keep going, right? Exactly, because I believe in manifestation, right? If you really want something bad enough and you're passionate about it, the first step to manifesting something is to actually taking the action, right? So, action was just getting there, oh, let's yeah. just get there first. When we get there, then we it, it'll somehow we're going to figure it out, and you know what? It 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 it, it came to fruition, like it. it came and it came not only did it come it came in such a huge amazing way like i have viral videos out there uh uh, uh, uh showing this and, and it's yeah it was amazing that's amazing and, I, and, and I, again as i say you know sometimes it's the shit that scares us the most that actually ends up 
shifting your perspective or your life or something. And right. what, what what's the least that can happen? If you're gonna die, I mean, we're all dying. Nobody's gonna live forever. At least you die trying to to achieve something you exactly. love. You know, I. <laughs> But so when I, when I think about that, just like how, um, um, on my third, I've always wanted to go skydiving. And my friends were like, well, Paula, how about we start with, with the indoor skydiving? I'm like, no, that will take away my experience. I want my first skydiving. Let me jump out of a plane. Then I will do the indoor. And for my 30th birthday, actually 31st, which was during COVID on 2022, 2020, I was like, what better way to celebrate your birthday than jump out of a plane? Uh, they want me to social distance, right? What better way to social distance? So as I was <laughs> going to jump out of a plane, my brother was like, Man, you're going to die. If you die, I'm going I'm like, well, if I'm going to die, at least I did the one thing I wanted to do before I died, jumping off a plane. Do you know how much fame I will get if I died by jumping out of it? Yo, <laughs> never forget me. Like, literally, let me make history. If I'm going to die while jumping out of a plane, make it happen. And I survive. But people have this notion, oh, you're going to die if you... We all going to die at the end of the day. Might as well die doing something. At least I can say, yo, I almost died trying to get to North Korea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I like that you have the mentality. And, and, and it's that mentality that keep going because you're never scared to to take the next step or to achieve your goal because nothing is you're like oh my god if i could make it to north korea let's look at what's more next like yeah, exactly, literally exactly. you're here saying you exactly. want to play with with putin so you know <laughs> yeah. you never know man Mike. you never know you never know and it's always those adventures that people are scared about or people don't want to join in that becomes the best of it and then later on people are like oh my god i wish i came Oh my God, I wish I did that with you. Oh my God, I wish. But then I don't like living in that life of I wish. I hate regrets. I love just, and I'm very appreciative that my my father raised me to always be like, do it. You want to do it? Oh dad, I want to move to, okay, go ahead. Let's move you there. Oh dad, I want to do this. I literally quit law school to go to hospitality because I wanted to study event planning. And everybody, you know, in an African culture, you go to school for being a doctor or, a, you know, a journalist or like those big, big. And then my dad had two kids who one of them wanted to be an event planner because she was a party animal and she quit law school to go study being event planner. And then my bigger brother who wanted to go to school to be a musician. <laughs> And everybody's looking at my dad like, you literally paying for your kids to go to school to do that? How crazy are you? It's like, well, in order for your kids to actually enjoy studying, you gotta let them, why yeah. would I pay for them to go study business or something and then them not doing shit about it? Exactly. At least let them learn what they actually want to learn. So okay. I think we need, we need to be more aware of that and us as future parents, because most of us now are living out of the norm. Like, I love the fact that so many of us these days are into branching out. You find people who have who are lawyers quitting their job to be podcasters or to be brand ambassadors or whatever. Yes. So the fact that these days right now, people, everybody is building their brands and actually doing what they're passionate and love about, that for our future kids, we will allow them to actually go to school 
for what you fucking love and believe and allow them to expose themselves in whatever they want to do. Because right. look at you. You were exposed in basketball and football and you played all that and now you are ping pong out of ball. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. I, you know, you know, I, I actually love it. You know, when people say, you know, what do you do? What do you, when people say, what do you do for work? I say, I play ping pong. And they look at me like I'm crazy. It's so funny. It's just hilarious. I, 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 I love it. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I play ping pong. What do, you do for, what do you do for work? I play ping pong. Like, I'll, I'll be in a meeting, right? And there'll be some like really big people you know, like top 50 businesswomen in the world, you know, a 30 under 30 Forbes, right? And and, and they start talking. Oh, wow, so what do you do for it? I play ping pong. <laughs> they look at it. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. they're saying, I, I run the 50, 50 million company, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, I play ping yeah. pong. But- yeah, I play ping pong. That's what I do. No, you're right. That's exactly what it is. It's but so that, funny. But that's such a, um, what's the word? That's such a boss move to be able to oh, yeah. actually do what you love as a passion and something exactly. like ping pong exactly. who nobody would expect. Just like when we were at Podfish, right? Um, while well, one of the rooms was going on, I took a break to to prepare something for my next room. And I was sitting here about doing Podfest, you know, there were like three or so other different conventions going on. Oh, so yeah, one yeah. of the yeah, one of the law, so this guy sat next to me and he was in the law convention and he looked at me and was like, What's going on? I'm like, oh, podcasters uh, conference. It's like, so all of these people are podcasters. I'm like, well, some of them, I guess, some belong to you, and there's another. How do you guys find time? I can't even find time to listen rather than play around. I'm like, but it's really not playing around because exactly. you do what you are thinking about it. But this is actually a career, just like how your law is your business career. This is no, that can't be. <laughs> oh, it, 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 it seems like it's just young people. I'm like, no, actually, if you look, we have older people, way older. Like, I call Podfest family union because you get your great aunties, aunties, uncles, nieces, yeah, right. nephews. We are from the very youngest to the very oldest. And right. even the very oldest, their mind, their conversations you have, you look at them and you're like, you're doing all this and you're 80, 70, literally. Sabrina, one of the ladies who you play oh, yeah. ping pong with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She went skydiving at, her, at the age that she is. I'm like, so don't sit here and tell me you don't have time or this is kiddish right, thing or right. this is it just because you don't understand or you don't feel that there's more to life than being a lawyer. But people have literally quit their jobs and are making a lot of money from being podcasters. Yeah, That's why a lot of people are here. But it's also that mentality that needs to still switch that you can make anything out of a business as long as you're passionate and you have the right people and you do the right thing to go about it. And you're bold enough because you need to be bold enough to say, yes. fuck it. Yeah, no, I agree. 100%. So one of the things I had about Wally Green was you were able to to take your tiktok into 88.k followers in one year yeah and for a person who does not understand tiktok at all how the fuck <laughs> were you able to achieve that what's the secret and and i was having um woman sorry woman um when you when you were hanging out over there right at that table when i first met you 
Yeah. I was literally with Joe, one of the guys from Mopad. Um, and he was like, what's going on there? I was like, oh, uh, they said the TikTok guy, he, he was able to create 88K in one year. I was like, what the fuck? And then this other guy, Chris came. Chris is very huge on social, on Instagram. Like he has big social Instagram numbers. He's like, how many followers in how many? I'm like, yeah. It's like, yeah, I need to talk to him because I can't, I, I don't know shit about TikTok. And I was like, this is how social media works. You find that there's somebody who can do so much on TikTok and grow in less time. And then this is a person who literally grow, grew as many followers as you on Instagram in one year, but he can't do it on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. And you are the same. And I was like, I love podcasts because everybody in a platform where they do better than other platforms right, and right. they can help you. So what was your secret? How the fuck did you yeah. pull that off? So actually, actually, my my uh, TikTok account is actually very unique. It's it's uh, very different than most people's TikTok accounts uh, because when I originally made this account, I made it over a bet, right? Because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Most of your shit starts with bet or dare. It's one of the two. Bet or dare. Bet or dare. So, like, I always had Instagram, right? I always had the Instagram page. Uh, it was always private. It was mostly a, a lot of private um, go, going on there. And then sometimes it was open. But I never really posted on Instagram. I was never really – I didn't really care about social media, actually. Until the pandemic came, we didn't have anything to do. Right. So then what happened was, is um, I wanted to book more podcasts. I wanted to be a guest on my podcast. That's how I got onto Clubhouse. And then uh, I'm pretty big on Clubhouse. And uh, we oh, were I need to follow you there. Yeah, I yeah. I'm big on Clubhouse. We were talking about uh, TikTok. I, w- I would go into these TikTok rooms. Right. And um, I would, then I was interested in doing TikTok. And then someone said, oh, there's no way that you can grow that niche. On TikTok, someone told me that a person who had like 40k followers, and wait, 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 and who still has 40k followers. So just, I just wanted, I not <laughs> not not cutting anyone up, but I just wanted to throw it back then when they told me there's no way you can grow your niche on TikTok. They had 40k followers. One year and they're later, still there. 40k followers. So let, let me just say this. Let me cut you one minute and say this. I love how you have big dick energy. Like you are, I'm, right. I'm a person too. If somebody tells me I can't do shit, even if I know I can't, I will do whatever it is. I, I rather exactly trying to achieve it, but I will prove that because I hate yes. people telling me you can't do shit. Yeah, right? it, 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 yo, it, it was so crazy. Just say it's you can't do it, but don't put yeah, it on exactly. me. Don't put it on me. And, and then the thing was, they was telling me that I couldn't grow this page without even knowing who I was. So I told them, I said, listen, not only am I going to grow my TikTok page, but I'm going to grow it without niched followers, which I would never tell anyone to do. What that means is I'm going to grow my page with people who don't even play or not even interested in my sport. They said, there's no way that's possible. You cannot do that. It's impossible. And you know what? It it is impossible unless you're smart. So what I did was 
I didn't tell any of my international community that, as a matter of fact, my international community doesn't even know I have TikTok. They have no fucking idea. I see some yeah, of their I videos. didn't even use my contacts. No, Imagine I if I not. had Listen, used them. I didn't use any of them. I see their I see some of their videos. I don't even like their videos because once you start liking the videos, then you're gonna start getting more of those, and then it'll put me in that community, right? So I did not want to use that community. I said, I'm not gonna use the community. Everyone who follows me, almost 95% of people who follow me, do not play my sport and do not follow any other content creator who plays ping pong. So everyone I have are people who are random. And how do you bring people into your niche who are not into your niche? Well, there are different kinds of ways. The way I use is I use clever captions, right? I use these captions, um, which, which are uh, uh, a play on English words. So I always say stuff like, like, for example, uh, a common caption for me is it will be me playing a point with a cell phone or whatever. And it'll say, this dude really thought he could massively come on my table and beat me, right? That's the first thing you see, the first thing you hear. Now, even if you're not into ping pong, you're going to hear the words massively come. And you're going to be like, what? Massively come? Wait, 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 wait. What, what do you mean I, by I, I, I heard that all the different idea in my head right now. Yeah, you see? <laughs> what, do you, what, what do you mean by massively come? What? Massively what? So people see that and then they're like, oh shit, this guy's playing ping pong, right? So the first step is to stop people from scrolling, right? Because, you know, when we watch TikTok, when we watch Reels, we just scroll and we stop on things that interest us. So when you're scrolling and then you stop on a caption that you can read and hear, and it says, this dude really thought he could massively come on my table, right? So even look, another video that I posted that I'm actually going to, I'm going to throw a curveball in my Instagram reels. Like I post reels once, like once every two weeks. Uh, some Sometimes I might do two in a week, it, but it's very random, but it's mostly serious stuff. It's always me on a podcast or me doing TEDx talk, very serious stuff. But I created a video the other day and the video says uh, 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 um, something like, because I can't remember exactly what I said, but it's something to, to the fact of uh, due to, COVID still existing or something like that due to COVID still being around. And so, so the, the scene is I'm at my club. It's a blue light and I'm cleaning these ping pong balls. Right. And then after I wash the table. So I said, due to COVID still being around, I have to properly clean my balls before massively coming on the table and beating people. Right. So I use these crazy what? words and these crazy captions. Why? Why? Why are your yeah. words always sex your balls? Yeah, like, come on, exactly. man. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so that's and the kind sex of stuff. Sex sounds. Yeah, no, seriously. And and listen, that's and that's how I was able to grow my page to 88K was because of that, because the captions were really clever. But now, now the algorithms change. So, you know, back then TikTok was pushing your videos out to multiple random people whether they were in your niche or not. So you can like soccer, you get a, a, a video about fish, right? Now the algorithms change. And with the algorithm change now, they're focusing on niche niche uh, followers, right? So for me, that's bad, right? Because I built my account off of people who are not in my niche. So people who follow me don't follow other accounts like mine. For me, that's a big problem now because 
they're not pushing your stuff out to random people. They're pushing out to niche followers. But my so like my followers people. aren't seeing my videos. And how do I know? Because one of the most important things about social media is forget about the views, forget about the virality. Most important is the community, right? You can have 500K followers, but your community is, is, is not tight. It doesn't mean shit. You just have 500 people that just at that time liked you. They liked your video. They followed you. But the community is most important. So I have a strong community. So I have hundreds of people in my DMs every day. I have hundreds of people telling me, yo, are you shadow banned? We're not seeing your videos anymore, right? Of course you're not seeing my videos anymore because you don't follow people who do the same content. And that's what TikTok is doing. So now I have other clever ways that I'm trying to, to get my numbers back because the views, the views just went straight down, right? Because of the new algorithm, but that's normal. You know, with any social media, the algorithm changed. Now you have to change with it. For other people, for some people- You have to adapt and find a way around it. Right. And for some people, the new algorithm change is going to work really well, right? And for some people, it's it's gonna be bad, but what do we do? We figure another way. So now I'm in the process of just figuring out new ways and, and new and new uh, ways to do the content and and push it out so that it gets the big numbers again. But for me, it's all fun. At the end of the day, I do it only for fun, and I did it because it was a bet. I tell people um, with my social media because people are like. Well, how come, you know, um, I'm very well known in my country. And even if I would have started, if I would have turned my personal account into my um, talk, shit, talk shit with P account, it probably would have had way more followers. But I wanted to start afresh and I didn't want to, you know, family and friends, just because you have them doesn't mean they're supportive. And once you start growing something, you, you understand that yeah. family and friends are the worst supporters ever yeah 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 yeah. complete stage so i also um and shout out to podcast because podcast really taught me the power of community and i'm not concentrated about how many followers i have i'm more concentrated about the people in my who are following me are they engaging with me are they telling me what they like what they don't like like the engagement the community that what we are building but and i like that you also see that because most people don't care about oh but my community they just care followers likes and i don't care because there's some people who have eighty thousand followers and then in their post they have 300 likes 200 (laughs) but i rather have the likes and the in the engagement, even if I don't have the likes, I'd rather have the engagement on my posts yeah. or in my DMs, whether it comes in my DMs or in my posts. But that's why also with my posts, I don't try to create this fake Instagram life. And that's why right. I want to follow people who do that. I want to follow people who are authentic that if you meet me outside of Instagram, exactly. you can say my life on Instagram and it's, the, cities, same. it's exactly. the same. Exactly. But, exactly. but if I meet you and you're out here crying about some, I don't have, I, I can't get in, or I don't have, but on Instagram, your life is always flashy. And right, I right. can't relate and I'm going to follow. And that's why I started following people that I want. And I preach about authentic life. If I'm broke, I'm broke. Yo, I'm broke. So we're going to chill in, but I'm going to show you my life inside. We're going to drink beers. We're going to play ball games. 
And the next that I get to go to an incredible event, I'm going to show you, but I'm also going to tell you how I ended up in that event. Because right, it's not right, like that. Right. That is my everyday life. No. Like, right. I was, I got that. I want that when you meet me, you say, oh, my God, you're exactly from Instagram because I want exactly. to portray that authenticity. Yes. You know, I have a, I have a, um, a, a Black history thing uh, as well. So yesterday, um, MSG Network, do you know MSG Network? It's Madison Square Garden Network. Um, they they re- they released my story live on TV yesterday. So it it uh, we interviewed um, in the summer. In the summer, we interviewed of last year, and they waited for Black History Month to put it out. So it it aired live yesterday, and it's going to be airing for the whole month on MSG Network. And I think the YouTube is coming tomorrow, or either today or tomorrow. I have to check. I'm waiting for the link for when they put it up on the YouTube, but. Yeah, they it's it's the story of my life. Uh, very nice short form, very short form, like six minute, like you know, in and out, quick story, really cool from MSG. That's, so it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's so powerful. Um, if you get the link of that, send it to me. But also, I'm gonna celebrate, and the fact that you're up there, we gotta celebrate with you. And you're doing amazing shit. Badass to you, yes. Whether it's six it. minutes or anything. Motherfucker on the shit. You did that. That's oh. your story that's up there. And especially it's more powerful when it's on Black History Month, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really, it, it's it's an honor to have them put it out in Black History Month. Yeah, yeah so right. let, let, let's take that a little longer. So um, I know we discussed about a lot of st- stuff, especially when it also came to mental health. Um. If I'm not prying, and if I am, please shut me up. But what what is your biggest mental health struggle? Because I know us being in the creative world or being an athletic, um, we we also have so much time to be by ourselves because yeah. it's a lonely world when you are creative, when you are an athletic, because your work hours and everything, the training and stuff doesn't match other people. And... Uh, constant struggle of, i gotta make it you know you're always like because right, you right, don't right. have you, you you don't have a paycheck that comes every friday or every other two weeks or so the more you work that's how you get paid or all all those and the training and everything what would you say your biggest mental health struggle has been for you um i don't know i i, I don't really i don't really have a mental health struggle because i only do the things that i really passionate about and i think that's the first step like everything that I do, I do because I really want to do it or else I won't do it. I don't do anything that I don't want to do or that I, I, I don't do things just, just to do them. I do them because I really, I have to really want to do something and it doesn't matter what it is before I do it. So I, I don't have those kind of, I don't have mental health struggles in that because everything I do, I'm passionate about and I love it. So even when I'm working really, really, really hard, it doesn't feel like work. It feels because like you love my, what you do. Right? It feels like work to my body because my body's like, bro, you need to take a rest. But I'm, I'm not. It doesn't mental. It does. It's no. It's just fun. So, so everything I do is fun. It's all about fun, you know. I feel that even when, when with my podcasting world, I be so on the go that I can hear the whispers of my body, like, bro, you gotta. But, but I don't feel it. I feel like I still have so much to give. But sometimes your body's like, 
I literally had to leave way early on Saturday night at Portfest at the dance competition. I didn't even see the dance competition because uh-huh. my body was literally telling me, you gotta go sleep, oh, yes. like literally. And I was trying so hard and it was just like, you are drained. If you don't go to sleep, I left. And sometimes I think my hardest part is listening to my body because right. <coughs> I feel like, oh, I can still put in all my, especially when you love what you're doing, you feel like you can keep going. Right. And right. there's no turning back. Compared when, to when you don't like what you're doing, when it's your body's tired, you're so willing and ready to go That's rest. Like, right? <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. Since you're also in uh, in the mental health space with your um, life story, what would you say your self-care or self-love tip for the people would be? What is one tip that you tell people, whether it's self-love or self-care? I I, I think uh, disconnection. Like Like there's times when you just need to disconnect from every single thing. You know, and, and, and it doesn't have to be a disconnection for like a long time. Even if you give yourself 10, 15 minutes of nothing, no phone, no TV, no calls, nothing. If, if you have a wife and a child, no wife and child too, no, no nothing, just 10, 15 minutes for yourself to just do nothing and just think like that, that goes a long way, you know, because that can reset your whole mind, can reset your body, you know, just disconnect. Sometimes just disconnect from everything just for a few minutes, a few minutes, you know? Oh yeah. I have those, uh, sometimes on weekends, sometimes on my weekends, because I also have a full-time job, right? So on my weekends, I'll be like, either Saturday or Sunday, depending on where I have recording plans, I'll be like, this day is scheduled for content creating. I'm going to record, I'm going to plan my content, I'm going to do that. And then I'll be like, Sunday, I'm going to put my phone on airplane mode. Like, I don't care what you're going through. My phone is going to be on airplane mode. I'm going to light up my joint. I'm going to have my champagne or beer. And I'm going to binge watch on TV show in my bed. And from waking up to going to bed. And then I'll see you all the next day. So I do a lot of disconnect. And I love it. It really really gets you refreshed because... Social media can be a lot, family can be a lot, friends can be a lot, and we love all these things, but they right. can be a lot. Just like how we ourselves to ourselves can be a lot. Me to my mind is a lot. So sometimes I just need no thinking, no dealing, no nothing. Uh, and I agree, hundred percent. So um I, I, I know uh we are coming we are we are almost wrapping up and I have two last questions for you. We did briefly talk about, you did talk about, um, for people who don't know, I know I did my research today and I know, mm-hmm. but I'm just going to throw this out there in case, you know, people don't like reading or researching. And I've realized that there's so many dumb people out there. Excuse me, but no excuse, but there are so uh, many dumb people out there. So what, 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 what would you say in, in simplest forms? What's the difference from ping pong and table tennis. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> yeah, this this one. This one's a good one. This is a good one. So, 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 so I like the word ping pong. I always use the word ping pong. I rarely, really, really use the word table tennis. 
unless I'm around some table tennis friends. But then even then, I still say ping pong. And and the reason why I like ping pong is a couple of reasons. One, ping pong is more inviting. The word ping pong is inviting. I know. The word table tennis is kind of scary, right? Um, also, one of America's biggest histories is the ping pong diplomacy. It didn't say table tennis diplomacy, right? Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Because pros hear this and, and they're like, yeah, right? Now, let's look at the origin of the word, the ping pong, right? First of all, ping pong was what it was called. It was always called ping pong. That's what people called it. There's other words, whiff, waff, and some other weird words. But ping pong was a general word for it. Um, Parker Brothers decided they wanted to copyright the word ping pong. And so they copyrighted the word. That means that now associations, the U.S. association, would have to do what? They would have to pay Parker Brothers money to say USA a World Ping Pong Tournament. The world, right? So they could not use the word ping pong because Parker Brothers copyrighted the word, right? So because of that, table tennis was formed, right? So table tennis was a way to not have to pay Parker Brothers money to use the word ping pong, right? So, so if Parker Brothers never copyrighted the word ping pong, the sport would be called ping pong. It would not be called table tennis. It would still be called ping pong. And if people don't want to hear that excuse, well, it's not an excuse, it's a fact. If people don't want to hear that fact, I got one more for you, right? <laughs> and one more that you can't even dispute. The best country in the world, by far, the best of the best of the best of the best in the world that dominates a sport more than any other country in any other sport is China. China has never used the word table tennis. They call it ping pong. So for those people who are like table tennis, ping pong is what they play in the basement. They're crazy. It, it, it doesn't even make sense. It, how is ping pong what you play in the basement? It, it, it doesn't. It, it, it doesn't make sense. You can play table tennis in the basement. It's just the name of a sport. It doesn't describe how you play the sport, right? So people get it twisted a little bit. But yeah, I like. But, the I, but, but I, I also like because you know um. There's that um drinking game with the ping pong balls. Oh yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, beer pong. Beer pong. So you know, ping pong, beer pong, it kinda is inviting. It kinda is like yeah, frightening. Yeah, not frightening, not you know. And um literally when I Googled it, it did say that ping pong drop one time on your table. They, they yeah. have a very funky yeah, description. But I have never had tennis competitions, like literally table tennis competitions, but you hear ping pong competitions. So. Yeah, yeah. It's a more inviting word. <laughs> yes, it really is. Because if I hear table tennis, I'll be like, you know, I'm used to, most people are so in the tennis world. I'll be like, I already like the racket and then the tiny racket. And then, but when it's ping pong, it feels more fun, more like oh, yes. relaxed, more like, we're yeah. just having fun, but table tennis just really feels like I'm serious. about to go write a I'm about to go write a contract and then yeah, sign yeah. my life up and then you know. <laughs> but yeah, so um Wally Green, thank you very much for hanging out with me today. Thank you. Thank and you for having me. I had so much fun hanging out with you today. And I learned so much about you today. I laughed. 
so much and uh, you just have so much sexual words, like literally. So everyone that comes up, maybe I'm, but then again, my podcast, I'll send you a video. It did say perverted. They literally canceled the introvert. You know those ashes where you put? Yeah, yeah. So they, the introvert one, they canceled the in and they wrote per, and then it was like perverted. Shout out to Jason Hill. He uh -huh. literally went and did that and brought it to me because. He says everything I hear is sexual words than actual words, but, <laughs> but you know, they make it more easier to keep in in contact. Like, okay, I'm gonna pay attention. I hear balls. I had balls. Right, okay, right, right, so right, what, right. what were you saying? What balls? Oh, ping pong balls. Okay, cool, but okay. <laughs> but, um, Leave us with some words of advice on either um, growing up your TikTok tips for growing up your TikTok or advice of just being your natural self or following your passion. One of the two or all of them or whatever in crime. And wait, and when you do that, let the people know where they can find you and what you got going on next, what they should be looking out for. This is the time to, after the advice, to sell yourself oh, yeah. in every way possible. Right. So I'll give you one TikTok advice. I, I think it's really good. Um, don't worry about numbers. Like, do not look at numbers. Do not worry about views. Worry about connecting, right? Um, wor worry about uh, uh, your passion, your, your authenticity, right? Be yourself. The, the, the biggest, the biggest uh, uh, accounts that grow really well with people that just being themselves, right? We have a lady that used to come to our master class. She's over 60 years old. She killed, she blew all of us out the water. She used to come to us for, we, we, we used to give her advice on how to grow. She has 500K in less than a year, 500K, because she's very clowny, she's very funny. And you know, they say happiness is infectious and that's what she does. That's her, her thing. And it's, so, you know, just be yourself. Don't worry about numbers. Just know that people are there to take in your videos. They're, they're, they're there to, to watch your videos that make them happy. And even if you make only 10 people happy, it's still worth it, right? If you, made, if you change 10 people's lives today, that's still something. So just be consistent, be yourself, and more so, enjoy the journey. If it's not fun, then it's never going to do well. That's on that. Second thing, life. This is a great thing here. I always tell people, always, if you need help, do not be afraid to ask. Do not be afraid to ask when you need help. No one can do everything on their own. It's, it's, it's so difficult. It's, it's almost impossible. It's so hard to do it just by yourself, right? We all need help from somewhere, from someone at one time or another. But more importantly, if someone offers you help, take the help. A lot of times we think, oh, we're too big. Um, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I don't need anybody's help. No, take the help. It, because, ego and pride. Ego and yes, pride. Yes, yes, exactly. Because you never know where that help can take you. If I didn't, people say to me, oh, man, you're so lucky that that guy helped you. And I said, no, I'm not lucky. I had to make a conscious decision to accept that help. I didn't have to accept it. I could say, no, you know what? You're crazy. I'm not going to Germany for what? I live in America, bro. Right. But I made that decision to accept it. So people offer you the help, 
take that help because you never know where that help can take you. So those are the two good pieces of advice I have. And then you can always find me on Instagram. You know, that's the best place to find me. If you find me on Instagram, you'll find me everywhere else. So that's Wally Green NYC. Wally Green NYC on Instagram. Follow back. So just FYI, because I know people sometimes have weird shit. I'm not following, but he actually does follow back. And uh, to up on that, I, and I do, I'm, I'm a firm believer. I used to hate asking for help because you feel like you're, you're failed or you've lost or you're vulnerable. Nobody likes being vulnerable. But then um, for a person who lost a job in October, none of my shit would have worked out if I hadn't told people what I was going through. Yeah, and exactly. them offering i didn't even have to ask for help sometimes you just have to be okay with sharing what's going on yeah. in your life because yeah. sometimes we, we constantly have this thing of assuming our friends should know or our people should know but everybody is dealing with so much life is so people are so consumed in their lives so they might miss a few shit so be willing yeah. to share. If you're not willing to ask, be willing to share. But you got to do yeah. one of the two. Yes, I agree. When you do share, accept that help. Because without me accepting that help, I wouldn't be in this new journey that I am and that I'm willing to take and conquer. And also, don't be scared to knocking those walls down. Knock yeah, them motherfucking walls down. Bruh. But um, Wally, I had such a great time with you in here. Now, before I leave, I'm just curious. How many countries have you already been to? Uh, I don't know. I lost count. I've been to every major country in the world, pretty much. Like, I've been to okay, we, Have you been to South Africa or Tanzania? Yep. I've been to South Africa. I've never been to Tanzania. But I've been okay, South then Africa. I, then we are going to plan a Tanzanian trip. Everybody I've been talking to a podcast who ever been to Tanzania. I'm like, we need to plan one, you know, because Chris is, t- is talking about taking it all international. So oh, wow. I, I, I'm looking, I'm looking for a tribe to include in. I, I'm not saying it's going to be tomorrow or next year, because and out, right, right, and, you gotta, and you gotta have the right people, because a trip is as successful as the right people. Sometimes your trip yes. sucks is not because the country is bad or the places you went sucked. It's because the company you had sucked. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's true. So, but we we definitely go we gonna go to Tanzania. Why? Anybody who eventually comes to talk shit with me and becomes in my circle becomes a family of mine. And in in Africa, family takes care of each other. So, Wally, welcome to the talk shit with me family. Well, I, I feel like we were already family when I gave you that address. So. Yeah, 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 exactly. Thank you, Ship Talkers, for tuning in and spending your valuable time with us. We appreciate you. To connect with us more, make sure you subscribe to our newsletter and catch all the Ship Talking vibes before anybody else. You can subscribe to our newsletter through our website, www.talkshitwp.com and or our merchandise website, www.talkshitrepeat.shop. And while you're there, feel free to shop away. <laughs> Talkshit Repeat is available on all social media platforms with the handle Talkshit Repeat. Follow us and engage with us. Better yet, if you're feeling generous, give us a review on Apple Podcasts and all raters on Spotify. You can also share a beer with me where my beer lovers at. I mean, what better way to support the movement 
than sharing a beer with me by buying me a beer at buymecoffee.com. Thank you for listening, sharing, engaging, and support in any way that you do. Remember, new episodes are out every Wednesday and for part two, if any, on Fridays. Let's talk and all listen to some shit. Happy shit talking. <laughs>